Kings beat the Clippers again by one point for the second time in about a week. And you may be wondering why I'm sitting here in the dark and don't really have a light on me. And it's because it is time to light the beam. I don't know what the best way to do this. This is how I'm doing it. Okay, now it doesn't work. There we go. Lighten the beam. I feel like I like this color the best. We also got this color. It's probably not showing up very well on the camera. This is more of a king's color, but I like this color more. So we're going with this color. What a crazy game. And and it's funny because the last game against the Clippers, obviously, we all know what happened. It was kings coming back to tie it at the end of regulation, then Kings coming back in the first overtime, coming back in the second overtime, finally winning by one. And this game, it was kind of the opposite. It was the Clippers coming back in that fourth quarter after a double-digit Kings lead. But the result is still the same. It's the Kings winning by one. They just know how to win. They have the most clutch player in the NBA. Although it got a little rough there at the end. Uh, you know... Not great offense, but it doesn't matter because they pulled out the win. And it's always nice when you can have a learning experience like that in a game that you still find a way to win. And this is now five straight wins for the Kings, five straight losses for the Clippers. The Clippers were a team that we thought was going to be, you know, a big contender for that third spot in the West. But they are now at 500. They are 33 and 33. And the Kings are 12 games. 12. 12 games above 500 at 37 and 25. I'm going to start at the end of this game because we have to talk about the end of that fourth quarter because I think that's where there's the most to talk about. As there, I mean, I guess that's a pretty normal thing. You talk about the end of a game the most, but. In this game especially because the Clippers did something that we hadn't seen before from other teams. And that was when the Kings had, it was about a double digit lead, four minutes to go. And the Clippers started doubling Fox the second he crossed half court. Like that's how good Fox is in the clutch in the fourth quarter. I mean, they had to just double him without him making a move past half court. He was double teamed. And the Kings couldn't figure it out. They could not score on that double team. And one, Fox tried to out-dribble it a few times. And it worked a few times. It almost resulted in a turnover a few times. But really, it was just everyone else just stood there while Fox was getting double teamed. It's like they're not used to having to actually move and continue to play offense late in games because they're so reliant on Fox. And I think another part of it was kind of trying to kill time, but they weren't in a spot to kill time yet. They had to keep getting scores, and they didn't. They were running the shot clock all the way down each time, and they just could not score. You know, if Fox passed it, there just wasn't enough movement off the ball, uh, and the Clippers could easily get reset defensively. When Fox tried to drive, the Clippers did a pretty good job of staying in front of him, so that wasn't working really well. They tried going to Sabonis in the post, but it was just not really working and killing too much time off the clock and then having to take a bad shot. It just, 
it it was not working until they finally lost the lead and then it's like that jolted them they're like oh we're actually down by one all right so fox gets doubled passes to monk who just drives one-on-one and is able to beat batum and then drop it off to sabonis for the finish and that was obviously huge and then fox comes down on one possession uh, misses a midi and then on the rebound the kings didn't foul and that was the right decision obviously and this is you know it's it's results oriented it was the right decision because it worked and they did a really good job of trapping paul george who got it to eric gordon with about like 17 ish seconds on the shot clock right so he had about two seconds to get it across and he did not get it across in time but the refs didn't call eight seconds so it looked like we were about to get screwed but then he just threw it away so it didn't matter and it was all about the defensive pressure from the kings so that was big and then fox gets another midi it, I thought that was going in for sure. Is bouncing around on the rim, comes off, but Sabonis just down there fighting against a Clippers team without a big man, and he draws the foul on Robert Covington, knocks down two clutch, clutch free throws, and that is just a product of Sabonis working hard down low, but also of the Clippers not having a center in there. They didn't have Zubats in this game again. They didn't even have Marcus Morris. They didn't want to put Plumley in, so it was Rocco at the small ball five and Sabonis with the two clutch free throws. And then uh, the Kings had done a good job throughout the rest of the game uh, or the second half of burning Clipper timeouts. And so that's maybe something that's going to be a little underrated, but like them, the Kings doing all that work and getting that lead wasn't for nothing, even though they ended up squandering the lead it wasn't for nothing because it forced the Clippers to use timeout so they didn't have one on that last possession and Paul George Deer and Fox played great defense on Paul George made him kill off all the clock and take a contested three which he missed the Kings were able to get that double digit lead by coming out into the fourth quarter playing really good defense and they showed some it looked like a 2-3 zone in this game which is not something we normally see they don't play zone a lot but it was pretty effective the clippers just kept taking terrible threes and that was forced by the zone they started 0 for 9 from three and that was pretty early in the fourth quarter that they had already taken nine threes and then robert covington knocked down a couple but overall a really good strategy from the Kings on that zone to at least start the fourth quarter and then drop out of it once maybe it's figured out. But Bones Highland killed the Clippers. He killed them early in the fourth. He killed them all game whenever he was in in his 12 minutes. There's a reason Denver traded him. He wanted a bigger role. He's not going to get a bigger role because he does this. He just chucks shots, terrible shots. He just... He's just a dude who wants to go out there and get some shots up. And it's horrible for the team. He went 0 for 6 from 3. Obviously, he can get hot. But more times than not, it's this is the result. And he just couldn't hit a 3, but he kept taking them. And they were not wide open 3s. 
The reason he really got to play was because Norman Powell was out in this game. Obviously, Kawhi was out in this game. A lot of guys missing for the Clippers, but the Clippers are a deep team, so Robert Covington hadn't been playing, and then all of a sudden he slots in for 31 minutes, right? Amir Coffey hadn't been playing. He slots in for 13 minutes. They still aren't playing Terrence Mann enough. Whenever he's out there, he looks like one of their better players. I know he's a minus 20 in this game, but I still think he was one of their better players. It was just a very entertaining game. Kevin Herter was great in the first half, knocking down threes, getting into his bag against Paul George. So that was really good to see. Keegan Murray also hitting threes in that first half. So both of them kind of carried the offense in the first half. Fox and Sabonis kind of both did just what they've been doing in this past month. And that's Fox scoring over 30. I think this is his eighth straight game of scoring over 30 points. And then Sabonis just getting the 23, 10, and 7. It's just what they do. Like 30 for Fox every time. Double-double, nearing a triple-double every time for Sabonis. And they've just been so consistent for this team for a while now. And you just need a few other guys to step up outside of them. If Barnes is hitting shots, you know, great. Keegan's going to hit shots. If Herter's hitting shots or Malik Monk or Trey Lyles, right? It's just you need a few of those guys, maybe like three of them in any game to get it going. And then those three will be the closing lineup with Fox and Sabonis. Because you saw Keegan Murray was out there late, and then the offense was getting nowhere, so Mike Brown just slots in Malik Monk, and Monk makes something happen, and he's the one that created that big basket to put the Kings up by one, so that's, I mean, that's great coaching by Mike Brown. Like, you gotta give him credit for realizing we have a creation problem here on offense, so you put in Malik Monk, and what does he do? He creates instantly. Keegan had been solid, and he was showing us, he, he keeps showing us a little bit more. Like in this one, he snaked a pick and roll into a nice midi against Plumley, right? Because the Clippers, what they're expecting, they can just switch Plumley off, to, off onto Keegan, and then Keegan's just going to pass it, right? But he didn't. He snaked the pick and roll, got into the mid-range, and took the smoothest midi. You'll see. Knocked it down. Plumley can't do anything about that. They didn't expect that to be a problem. They're like, it's Keegan Murray. He's not going to do anything off the dribble. But he's actually producing off the dribble. And so, if he can develop even more offensively, like this team is already elite offensively. Imagine if they get another option of a guy who can create off the dribble. Because Barnes and Herter both can do it, can create off the dribble. I mean, you saw Herter doing it in this game. And then Barnes can just get to the free throw line pretty much whenever he wants. He was 8 for 8 from the free throw line in this game. And I think the team was 26 for 26, which was great from the free throw line. There was a point in that a few minutes in the fourth quarter where Fox sat. And he went a little longer in the third quarter than he normally does. So I think that's why he was sitting in those minutes in the middle of the fourth, and the Kings couldn't get any offense going there, like, at all. Like, at least when Fox was out there and he was getting doubled, it's like, okay, they can't create anything on offense because the Clippers are showing something different and they have to figure it out. But when Fox wasn't on the court, it was just 
normal defense from the Clippers, but the Kings, I mean, with Davion Mitchell out there, it looked really rough. And it shows like this team is all about Fox in the fourth quarter. They they really don't generate much offense outside of Fox. And I think both him being denied the ball at times and him being out of the game at times in that fourth quarter both showed that, that this team just can't do anything without him in the fourth quarter pretty much. Because Davion, Davion on offense, he shows like one thing per game, maybe two. He'll, he'll have like a nice play. And then that's all he does on offense that game. And he was fine defensively. I mean, he was really good defensively. Fine for him, right? Which is really good for anybody else's standards. And then he'll just show that flash of making something happen off the dribble. And you're like, why can't you do that more? And he's only a second-year player, right? So I guess I should be more patient. But it's just, it's frustrating to watch when you know he has the elite speed and quickness. I mean, you saw what he did at Baylor, how he was actually handling the ball. And you saw what he could do at the end of last season, handling the ball. But he just, I don't know, he just can't do it this season. At a, consistently. He can't do it consistently. I've already talked about Malik Monk a little bit, but it was interesting. He went 1 for 8 this game. Couldn't hit a 3, 0 for 5, 4 points. But he had 8 assists. And so he he really didn't have, uh, you know, I mean, last game against the Clippers, he had 45 points. And this game, you know, he wasn't shooting well, but he really found ways to impact the game. And I thought it looked like he was handling the ball more on the second unit than we'd seen before. Because obviously he handles the ball the most out of anyone on the second unit, but I felt like he was doing it even more than normal this game. I thought there were times when usually he would kind of swing it to the wing for really no reason, but he he didn't do that in this game. He could have, and he didn't, and he instead took the screen and was able to create from that, which is kind of what I've been asking for and what I thought that they should have done way more against the Thunder. The Grizzlies lost to the Nuggets today which means the Kings are now only one game back of the second seed. They just keep on winning. I feel like, you know, there's so much talk about Kevin Durant coming in for the Suns. Obviously makes the Suns amazing. I get that. You know, they've won both games with him. The Warriors are figuring it out even without Steph and Wiggins. The Mavs had been bad, but then they had both Luka and Kyrie score 40-plus, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, they're they're figuring it out. But it, as long like the Kings just keep winning, so it's not going to matter, it seems like. They just keep winning, and if they just keep winning, they already have a three-game cushion on the Suns, a four-game uh, cushion in the loss column, and if they just keep winning, it's not going to matter. I feel like there have been so many games this season where I kind of, the Kings, you know, play bad defense in the first half or something like well like they normally do and then in the fourth quarter it kind of starts slipping away and I'm just like and this is why you can't just coast for the first part of the game this is the game where they're not going to be able to turn on the offense at the end of the game to win it and the defense at the end of the game and then they just do it they just somehow just 
turn it on. And I mean, on the Kings broadcast, you could see they were showing the numbers. The Kings are top 10 in defense in the fourth quarter. And they Malik Monk was talking about how they're constantly watching film about other teams' fourth quarter execution. And it definitely shows because they do play better defense in the fourth quarter. And also kind of like what I was saying about I feel like this is finally the time that it's going to it's going to get them like you're going to pay for not playing defense in the first half and coasting each time there's someone on the other team you know taking a game winner or we're down by one going into a late game situation and like this finally has to be the time we lose and it just like it hasn't happened so many close games that we've won I guess at the start of the season, we lost a few close games, and, you know, those ones were like, oh, the refs screwed us. But after that, it just, so many close games have gone our way, and that is why De'Aaron Fox is the clutch player of the year, and why Mike Brown is the coach of the year. The Clippers are now 0-5 with Russell Westbrook, but it definitely wasn't his fault in this game, and I don't think it's been his fault in any of the games, to be clear. I think he's actually played well, but Westbrook was really good. 27 points, 10 assists. Paul George also had 28 and 8 assists. Kings just couldn't stop Westbrook from getting into the paint. Uh, and I think, I'll, I don't know, I'll, I'm going to stick to my initial take and say that this is a good signing for the Clippers, getting Russell Westbrook, even though they're 0 for 5. I really don't think it's his fault at all. I think that this team has other problems, late game execution being one of them. And I obviously understand that they don't want to play Terrence Mann because then that'd be another non-shooter out there, but they need to they need to give him more minutes. Also, the Kings finally won a game against a team that was on a back-to-back. They finally did it. I don't I don't know if this was the first time they've done it all season. Uh, but I don't think it's the first time they've done it all season, but maybe, but they've broken that weird curse. The Kings next opponent is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are on a two game winning streak. They're 33 and 32. I will be at this game tomorrow. Uh, they are on a little bit of a road trip. They're doing the California road trip. They lost to the Warriors, beat the Clippers in LA, beat the Lakers in LA, and now they're coming to Sacramento. The Timberwolves had been looking pretty bad, but they have won two straight. So uh, a big part of them looking bad has been Anthony Edwards not being as good as he was early in the season and him kind of looking tired that he has to carry the offense without Carl Anthony Towns. And so if I were the Kings, I would just throw bodies at him. Just try to stop him and make other guys beat you. Because the rest of their lineup is not the most impressive offensive lineup you've ever seen. It's Mike Conley, who's fine, but older. It's Rudy Gobert. He'll be a problem on the glass, probably, and as a lob threat. So that's what you need to be careful about with Rudy Gobert, but he's not obviously not creating his own offense. Kyle Anderson... You know, he's not the best offensive player. He's a really good defensive player. And then Jane McDaniels, who, again, defensive player, not the best offensive player. 
Kings always get killed by Nas Reed off the bench. So, I don't even know what to say about that one. I mean, they just can't stop him. They probably won't stop him again. But uh, just hope the other guys don't beat you. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Real Report. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore The Royal Report. And I will see you guys next time to recap that game against the Timberwolves. Peace.